Some little, like, 12-year-old just came up to me and started talking to me. Oh, in the game? Yeah. And they're all talking like this, like they're they're such real cool cowboys. Anyway, you were listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 63. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Jimmy, and I am here with Greg. Well, howdy, partner. Oh, very nice. Topical. Uh, we are without Rob currently, though we expect him momentarily because he is out at uh, Disney this evening, specifically hey. Epcot. Yes, he's over at Epcot. I guess they do a candle lighting thing. I've done it in the past, and they have a celebrity come every week. It's a candlelight processional. Yeah. So th- this week it's Neil Patrick Harris. We've seen all sorts of people. It's comedians, singers, you know, regular everyday actors, stuff like that. Sounds kind of boring. I did it one year. It was actually it was neat. A little bit on the a little bit more on the religious side, mm. which it makes sense. I'm not putting it against it, but you. It starts off, you know, Christmas carol and stuff like that, and it gets very much into Bible stories, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, it's your thing? Awesome. Yes. Uh, I just think it sounds boring. It is nowhere near as exciting as what I wanted to say Rob was doing, which you refused to read. I will not read that. Then I will. Uh, Rob is actually not doing all of that stuff. He is out manually masturbating reindeer for the purposes of artificial insemination. I didn't say it. You did. Aside from that, we discuss pop culture, entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia. This week, we've got Red Dead Online, finally. Beastie Boys, the book, the Beastie Boys book, is what it's called. Yes. And we've had a lot of weirdness of television. Some good things, some bad things. We will discuss that. Some things you probably didn't even know happened. Yeah, there's a couple Maybe things. Maybe some I... shows that you didn't even know existed. Yeah, there's... I put this one on here. There's, there was a couple things I saw this past week. Um, I'm a little bit behind on my television watching because I delved deep into Daredevil and a couple other shows. Um, I got sucked into Penny Dreadful. So yeah, so like you're behind regular TV. Yeah, you you have like four seasons to deal with. I think um, Penny Dreadful is so good. Two anyway, more. So then I started re- watching the stuff that I basically missed throughout November, and there's a couple episodes of things that I was like, wow, they really went a weird direction, and it was so much fun. It was just fun to watch. It wasn't overly serious. I enjoyed it, so mm-hmm. wanted to talk about that. My dog apparently thinks the house is being robbed because of the because uh, I'm upstairs talking, and she was unaware that I'm home, ah. and she's barking. I've never actually heard that dog bark, so that's oh. an interesting thing. So you guys now hear it before I am, because I'm wearing headphones. I haven't even heard it once. Well, there you go. So anyway... Uh, this is a review show. We're going to talk about some stuff. Some of it's been out for a while. Some of it has just come out. Some of it is history, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be some spoilers. So if there's something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, please use your own discretion and don't write us angry letters. Like if you didn't know that Sting and the Ultimate Warrior were in a tag team called the Blade Runners. I did not know that. You didn't? No. You gotta Google it. They wore the most ridiculous makeup. I saw a little clip yesterday of, uh, it was a match between Triple H, China, and The Undertaker versus The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hmm. 
and it was such, such a different era. They're fighting up on the the Titan Tron, yeah. and like the Rock, who's basically the hero of everyone, like turns and actually like hits China, who is a female, and like that would never happen today, despite yeah. the fact that she was like, you know, like they would do have done anything possible to keep that from happening, and now it's now, but back then it was like, oh, okay, well she's perform she's performing or wrestling against the guy, so it doesn't matter. I remember that. I remember thinking, "Oh my God, the Rock hit China," because yeah. um, he was always the good guy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. After. So, go ahead. Oh no, it was, yeah, he started off a little bit as bad guy, but or like he was supposed to be a good guy, and everyone hated him. And there was a whole thing there. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so if we do spoil something that you didn't want to have spoiled, do not write us because we already warned you. However, if you want to write us about anything else, and I think mm-hmm. I've got some questions coming up later on in this episode that I would like to hear from you guys. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us at Give Me Five Pod on Twitter or Instagram. And of course, you can email us, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. As usual, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using because that helps us a lot. Uh, we have a store, of course. You yes, we do. Uh, everything you could possibly want with our awesome logo on it. And... There is currently free shipping at said store. The store address is gimme5podcast.threadless.com. Free shipping until 12-12, so December 12th. That's got about a week from when this episode comes out. Yep. The secret code for that is FREESHIP11. Well, it's not so secret anymore, is it? Exactly. Exactly. That was your dog barking? That's weird sounding. The dog does not bark correctly. The dog doesn't do anything correctly. The dog yeah. just lessens on being a dog, so she doesn't know how to sit right, lay right, uh... She, uh, yeah, she's a ridiculous creature. She's shown up on our Facebook page. She's a Frenchie, and those things are broken. But she's cute. I love her. It's a funny sound. Yeah. Uh, we do have an Amazon link on our page as well. You pay whatever money you're going to be paying to buy whatever you're going to buy. It does not cost any more money. However, a little tiny bit of that comes to us and pays for server space. And I think that's about all we got for our uh, introduction to the show. Yeah, I wanted to share a little bit of listener feedback that I, um, I I didn't realize that we had because the message was sent via Instagram. Um, and I checked in uh, a friend of the show, Sarah, had written in. Uh, she had commented about the Grinch. Uh, she's got a couple of little ones, and um, she says her four-year-old prefers the Jim Carrey Grinch, while yeah. her two-year-old prefers the new one. So just the difference of two years makes, you know... Kind of really, that's kind of a, a big difference. Yeah, she also said that she couldn't believe that I saw the crimes of Grindelwald um, uh, before seeing the first one. Um, however, seeing that and listening to us talk about it, she was really inspired to pick up the series again. She started with the Harry Potter book one, so I'll be right behind you. Um, I'd like to to read those and see what all the hype's about as well. So, thank you so much for writing in, Sarah. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm actually considering getting doing all the Harry Potter books on Audible and doing uh, them like with my child because we have a little bit of driving coming up. Mm. I think that'd be kind of a nice thing because usually what I have to do is wait for him to fall asleep and then I listen to like true crime stuff and I just have to keep an eye on the review mirror to make sure he doesn't wake up and, you know, like ask, you know, Daddy, who's Jack the Ripper? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool for you guys to bond over. So, uh, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, Rob. Why, thank you. It's How was your that. candlelight processional? I think Neil Patrick Harris might have stolen my car. <gasps> He's known for that, I've heard. Especially when you're trying to get to a hamburger joint. 
<laughs> so what's new, guys? Well, uh, I just got back, actually. So we recorded the first part, and then we stepped away, waiting for Rob to come back. And while we were away, I went to the international night at my child's elementary school. Wait, how how long ago did you guys record? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say about 5.30. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right. So I, I learned, for example, what the flag of Botswana looks like. Um, nice. And then, so we, they, all the classrooms did a bunch of stuff. And then we went into the cafeteria and they had um, traditional foods. Um, I ate some weird Russian cookies. I ate a couple other things and I, um. Greg, those Russian cookies aren't weird to some people. Be a little more sensitive, please. Thank you. No, I believe they were called weird Russian cookies. Oh, okay. They were weird. They were like kind of boomerang shaped. Like little fat boomerangs. They were the cookies themselves weren't sweet, but the the glaze on top of them. They didn't have a little card next to them. I ate a bunch of other stuff though. I ate some some awesome Middle Eastern food. I ate a bunch of things, and I for one, I'm looking very forward to the diarrhea tomorrow morning. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. You have just given me ammunition for our very young, very large class tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> Greg's got to go what? poop. So, uh... what do you got, Rob? Um, what's new? Not not a ton new. Um, there. Uh, do we want to start off with the sad news? I mean, well, everyone knows the sad news. Well, I'm yeah, I mean, yeah, we could. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for for those who have been living under a rock, former President George Bush passed away. Um, yes, George H. W. Bush, not George W. Um, and he he actually was very, at least posthumously everybody's been very nice <laughs> i know politics can be a little a little ridiculous at times but at least posthumously uh, posthumously nobody's really had a whole bunch of negative things to say about him uh well he's he's i think from an era where it was policy versus anything else so he, you you might not have agreed with his policies but mm-hmm. at the end of the day he wanted the same things as other people right have so to agree with that a different era yeah. Came came from an era where kind of presidents were like badass, like fighter pilots and stuff. Yeah, and of course, yeah, he did. He 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 fought for a country. I thought the Bob Dole thing was was very touching, extraordinarily. Oh touching. wow, yeah, it was. Where he where he asked for help to stand up so that he could salute the casket. Yeah, and Bob Dole uh, and George Bush were not friends. No, nope. they actually hated each other quite a bit. That was you could see him just it, you know fighting back the tears. Um, and then immediately after that, the news report that I watched, um, they showed George H.W. Bush's service dog. Oh, yeah. Sully. Sully kind of saying goodbye one last time. And I I was very young during uh, George H.W. Bush's presidency. But man, that that it touched me. And, you know, just to to kind of, you know, talk about a, a positive note that um, one of the first I guess Im- impressions maybe that I, I remember is Dana Carvey doing a Bush impression on yes. Saturday Night Live. And it's still one that I quote, you know, it's not going to do it. Not wouldn't be not, prudent. No, wouldn't be prudent. And they showed, <laughs> they showed a, a, a tribute to him on SNL, um, followed by an actual video of George H.W. Bush addressing the, um, the impression and having a little fun with it. So nice. And well, they became yeah. friendly. I think that they, 
they did a split screen one time. I, I didn't see the tribute, but they did a split screen one time, if I remember correctly. Well, and it wasn't wasn't uh, George George H W Bush one of the few vice presidents to break the curse? Because isn't isn't there like a curse associated with being vice president where most vice presidents don't actually when they run they don't actually win the presidency? He was one of the ones who did. Well, this is definitely a question for our, our friend that is obsessed with the presidency. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't know. Adams was is the curse of Tippecanoe. Uh, here, the curse of the vice presidency. Um, until the election of George Bush, yes, no incumbent vice president has been elected president since Martin Van Buren in 1836. So I could say that Marty. That is, yes. Bam. Uh, I believe Martin Van Van Buren of the giant sideburns and mutton chops. Mm-hmm. Look at mm-hmm. that, Rob. Rob dropping some history knowledge on you. What? Boom. Nice job, Rob. Boom. That just happened. I'm glad that my early Christmas present of a calendar of 101 ways to sound smart on your podcast is paying off. Yes, yes, it is. That was that was number 97. the 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 first 96 were just misses. So I went on the cheap. I bought a 101 day calendar for some reason. I'm not sure why. Hmm? It was instead of a 365 ways to be smart on your podcast. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so what well, else you got? got Let, let's, so uh, rest in peace, George H. W. Bush. Yes, and indeed. sorry to all of his friends, family, etc., and and his dog, his service dog. That was also a oh. touching picture. Sully. So you mentioned getting the sad stuff out of the way. Do you have anything else? That was well. That was Rob that mentioned it. Um, I I did break some toes. No, I know. Yeah, he so he, he was asking me. I was just looking at the list here. Um, well, I mean, there's 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 other stuff that we have to talk about here, but but it's not sad. No, it's 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 not sad. Mm-mm. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah, a couple of really cool things. Um, Kerwin, our our good friend, um, he and I went on a very very cool night hike uh, Saturday this past Saturday night. So and you came back alive. Yeah. Oh wait, that <laughs> would have been Greg that would not have come back. Alive. I, well, I sacrificed really a goat. I asked him. Um, we mm, trying not to get myself into some trouble. We disobeyed some signs, um, and I'm glad we did. Uh, had a really good, it's a six mile hike. Of course, Kerwin and I are known to kind of get lost a little bit on our hikes, but yeah, we did six miles in, in the dark and it was, uh, it was very, very cool. But I, I bring this up because Kerwin brought to my attention today that the premiere of American God season two has been announced and that is March 10th. Nice. Not too far away. Awesome. Can't freaking wait. I'm intrigued as to the direction it's going. And that'll be a little bit before the uh, the final season of Game of Thrones. hey But guess what that's going to be after? Uh, Specu- speculatively? After the premiere uh, of American Gods? After the premiere American Gods is after the premiere of Black Mirror, <gasps> which allegedly uh, drops on December 28th, thanks to a Netflix leak as to what was streaming this month. At the very bottom of their list, they had an episode for the upcoming season of Black Mirror titled Bandersnatch um, <laughs> that will be starring um, ben- Bandersnatch Cumber- Cumberbatch. Benadryl Cum- Crumblebutt? Yes. Um, no, I don't know if he's related to it or not, but since then there have been some follow-ups. Uh, people have posted pictures of um, images from the the very closed set for that episode. So um, I think that comes two days after the, the premiere of um, 
you know, the Netflix version of um, Black Mirror a year ago. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I mean, I, I got a little bit more. Um, that's really exciting. Uh, this season, Black Mirror is going to have its first choose your own adventure episode. Now that's, that's interesting. It, it, has there been any, any idea on how that will actually work? Nope. I mean, I, I think it's, I think as long as you have a remote. Okay. I, I, is that what we're thinking? I mean, currently is that. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. That you'll, I, I can't you'll, think with of your remote select which way you want to go in the middle of the show. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I think. That's what makes sense to me. You know, hit A on your Xbox remote or hit B to do this or hit, you know, left or right or one or two or whatever. I mean, I guess Chapter it makes three. sense because then they just have to film like small sequences, I guess. Little clippets, snippets. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Little cumberbatches, if you will. <laughs> Uh, the first guest has been announced for the March edition of Spooky Empire. And that is? And I'm pretty excited. Christina Ricci. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this might be a cast reunion of Adam's family, um, the surviving members. Oh. Um, R.I.P. Raul Julia. Yep. Yep. But, um. They just posted that today. Tickets are available now. They're between 30 and 40 bucks, depending on 30, 30 and 45, depending on whether you buy them at the door, you buy them in advance. There unfortunately is no Friday the 13th between now and then. Um, however, look for deals on Spooky Empire social media. Uh, one last thing is the uh, Captain Marvel trailer. Trailer number two has come out and it looks pretty awesome. I'm very excited for this movie, actually. It looks really good. It looks really, really cool. I like the title treatment, so I'm guessing her costume kind of forms around her the way they do the the title forming. Um, Kind of of like Green Lanterns did? Is that what you're saying? uh, Like, it looks like there's, like, an inner shell, or, like, an inner uh, scaffolding, almost, like, gold lines, and then, like, the thing, like, kind of builds up. It's a little less... It's not quite... It's more like uh, some of the Iron Man costumes than okay. like a Green Lantern. Okay. It's not energy. It's more of a like a, yeah. It's not like a, a, a hexagonal <laughs> pattern kind of thing. Not like a creeping plasma, but yeah. There we go. That's a good word. Mm. Uh, looks really good. The um, we talked about the de aging that um, while Disney may not have pioneer pioneered it, they are certainly perfecting it. Um, well, Sam Jackson. Go ahead. N- what were you going to say? I know I was going to say they, they've actually done really good with a lot of that CG stuff because what they, I thought what they did in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger was absolutely amazing where they took uh, Chris Evans and just made him look all scrawny and small CG wise. Mm-hmm. Well, they put Chris Evans head on top of somebody else. So uh, that's, yeah, that's not what I heard. I heard that they had actually shrunk Chris Evans's body down CG wise. Mm, I don't think that's the case. Oh, research department. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking up uh, Chris Evans' body. <laughs> wow, that gets a whole bunch of different responses than what I was looking for. <laughs> well, I already have a tab set up for that, so that's that's. I, I didn't need to look that up. That's that's set to memory. What I was looking at is the um, history of of de aging in films, and I don't. know. This is Wikipedia, so take this with a grain of with a grain of salt. But what do you know? Movie was the first one to use de aging. A uh, curious case of Benjamin Button. I that's that would have been my guess as well. But that one was two thousand eight. 
the one that actually did it first was X-Men The Last Stand. Oh, really? So that was 2006. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen were both the age in a flashback scene. However, most people would like to pretend that movie did not exist. So I can understand that Benjamin Button could possibly be the right answer. <laughs> uh, then or X-Men Origins Wolverine, Tron Legacy, all those. So there's a bunch. Apparently there's one called The Irishman coming out in 2019 with uh, Ro- where Robert De Niro will be digitally de-aged. Oh, he needs it. Um, Rob, you're correct. Uh, Chris Evans did not want to share the performance with someone else, so they um, they digitally shrunk him down, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Rob, Jimmy yeah. just insulted Robert De Niro on our podcast. We need to be very clear that it was him that did that and not us. Oh, okay. Robert De Niro would beat our asses. Mm. He's terrifying. He was terrifying in uh, The Devil's Advocate. What? <laughs> wrong, wrong person. Said Al Pacino? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks for listening. This has been the Give Me Five podcast. Oh, God. Been real. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> now you've just insulted two. Oh, shit. Robert De Niro and Al Pacino are still alive. I know. And right they're... outside of your house. Right? <laughs> outside. I'm going to throw up. Uh, After you're done throwing up, can you talk about uh, Read Dead Online? (laughs) Oh, I did do that, didn't I? Um, So here's here's the funny thing about Read Dead Online. Uh, Coming into today, I was ready to give it absolutely glowing praise. Uh Uh-oh. And just talk about how great it was and how much I didn't mind doing the same missions over and over again. and I, uh, between the time that Greg and I recorded the intro to this podcast and the time that we actually started recording again, my opinion has changed. Uh-oh. Did it have anything to do with the opening part of the episode in which while you're talking, there are 11 year olds pretending to be cowboys? Right. So I got home and I turned it on because I was like, man, I really need to play some of these other game types before I go in here and, and start talking about it. Um, as previously, what I had been doing was if you go into free room online, um, as long as you stay out of the major cities, you're not going to get picked off immediately. So you stay out of the major cities, you stay around your camp, um, you hit left on your control pad, and you can open up a menu to join different game types. I had been doing the online uh, quick story um matchmaking mode. So what that would do is match you up with other people who were doing, working on the same quest that you were. And there's about three. One, you have to go take down a couple of bad guys. One, you have to go into Fort Wallace and take somebody out. I played those a few times and they're really fun. Um, However, you only get about four or five bucks each time you do this. And while they're fun, you have to seek out other ways to make money. Otherwise you're never going to get out of your overalls and your stovepipe hat, uh, or you're never going to buy new weapons. You know, you, you have to go out. That's why I'm still in overalls and a stovepipe hat. I was just until a couple of hours ago. Um, so what I did was I tried the, uh, the showdown, um, game type. And I can't tell you how many times I got sniped in the head with a varmint rifle. (laughs) <laughs> wow that does not sound like a thing that should be possible um you're never going to get rid of campers you're never going to get rid of snipers and unfortunately in red dead redemption 
it uh it feels like a lot more of the same um until you play one of these map you know types where it's just bows and arrows and knives but i think some people are more naturally inclined to games than others if that sounds fun to you by all means uh my reaction time isn't as quick so it's pretty frustrating it it sounds like Red Dead Online has devolved strictly into a PvP situation where you just get killed by other players. There's very little game content and more hiding or trying to kill other players. Hiding from or trying to kill other players. Is that correct? Um, there, There's definitely a degree of... Uh, you, you have to be really guarded when you're going to try and collect missions while you're playing online because... At some point, you're going to have to go into town and you're going to have to go to the gunsmith. You're going to have to get a new gun. You're going to have to get new clothes. You're going to have to get provisions. Um, you can access a catalog from anywhere in the world, which is cool, but you got to go into town and do things. And it's just a murder fest for no reason. You gain nothing by killing other players in, in Cold Blood. So it's like the last episode of the se- of season one of Westworld. Yeah. Um, it says everywhere. It, it's. It's a bit frustrating. I mean, I know how that's oh. how GTA is. It's from the same developers. Even, you know, my first experience with it was um, I, go, I sign on and it's pretty stable, you know, day of launch. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. What can I do that I'm not going to encounter this? Let me join the race series, right? So what can, horses? Yes. What could yeah. be so bad? You know, let me let me race my horse and, you know, win some some money and what happens uh i'll i'll tell you what happened um we line up to race and everybody points their horses at each other intentionally or unintentionally so you go flying off your horse everybody gets up and starts murdering each other that's that's what it was that's what happens when um i played a game type called um my cold dead hands where it's like a oddball i guess from halo where you have to like hold the bag and whoever holds it for longest wins the round but that's all everybody does is is shoots and kills at each other shoots and kills each other so it's it's frustrating that you can't walk a few feet without being shot in the head by a varmint rifle um yeah i don't get gamers most of the time well i mean i understand most of the i mean I, i know the age groups are all over but You'd like to think that the people doing all the, the dumb shit are kids. Mm-mm. But they're not. No. no. I, I I went into that Cold Dead Hands game type today because I hadn't played it yet. And uh, immediately just greeted by chatter. You know, people who think it's cool to put their headset next to their speakers. Like, here, everybody, listen to my music. Or, God, I'm sounding like such an old, pissed off old man here, but... Some guy starts talking, and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? My name is SR571JP. I'm from Philadelphia. Thanks for what, coming to my YouTube channel. And blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> and then another guy was like, yo, I'm fixing to put these gold head, gold dead hands on somebody. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mute. Or just muted. Your basement. Yeah, just in muted my, everyone. Duke, Iowa. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's, I'd have been like, is that a euphemism for masturbation? What are you talking about? <laughs> of course you would. Um, it. 
I can see it. Speaking of Rob, we we know why you really weren't here at the beginning part of the episode. Greg knows. I I refuse to say it. Um, I would say wait, Rob. Wait. I would say hold off. All right. On on Red Dead Online. Um, there's plenty of content to play in single player mode. There's, you know, I get on online and I'm like, man, I'd just really go try and catch a legendary fish right now. Well, I mean, but in in all honesty, the only reason I would get it would be to play online with my friends. And if I can't actually do that and it's just getting online to get murdered, I've got no interest in that whatsoever. I can do that with with Battlefront. All right. So by going to the dark web, just finding uh, someone to actually murder you. I haven't um, teamed up with a posse yet. Uh, I understand that could be um, a lot more beneficial for everyone. so if you guys play Red Dead Online on Xbox One and you'd like a, to to join a posse together, um, if you join a posse, you can have a, a base that you will supply and it's much more cooperative than the other game types. But I think with a posse, you can go into other game types. So um, if you have at least three other people to play with, then do it. Otherwise, find three other people. So our listeners out there, if you guys are playing Red Dead on Xbox One, hit me up. My uh, gamer tag is Lim from Lim. L-I-M-B from L-I-M-B. Invite me to your posse and we'll play some Red Dead. Uh, Help me change my mind. Make me, you know, help me be as excited as I was about it before. And that reminds me that we, Greg and I both picked up Battlefront 2. Yes. At, uh black friday or whatever i didn't get the black friday deal but it was still online and here's a here's an interesting little tidbit um if you go into best buy and pick something up check their website check bestbuy.com to make sure because they will price match and they will price match their own website <laughs> oh, nice. okay good to know because i got it for seven dollars and fifty cents you got it for i got it for 9.99 but it was listed or they, they had it for sale in the store at, I want to say 30, like $29.99. It might have been 39 but I think it was $29.99. Um, and when I checked their website, bestbuy.com had it for $9.99. And I'm like, well, do you guys match, do you guys price match your site? And he was, because, you know, I, I expected them to say, well, no, that's an online deal only. You know, you can't, we can't really do that. Um, but no, they Price matched their own site, so they'll do it. So if you go into Best Buy to buy anything, just check online. Just make sure that you're getting the best price for it because Best All Buy right. does price match. That is good to know. Uh, just a, a note of on Battlefront. I jumped on. I haven't played it too much. Um, I bought it for 7 bucks or seven fifty, whatever. Right. It's good for the, the, the storyline. <clears throat> Again, I don't like playing online. I hate other people online unless they're like on the same team because I'm not going to be as right. fast as anyone. But I did want to fly hey, around. I'm not either. I do want to fly mm-hmm. around and see what the, the space battles look like, and they're beautiful. Um, the end result was I got two kills. Um, I don't know how I got two kills because I de- certainly didn't shoot anybody. I might you have accidentally run into somebody. Uh, the next lowest level of kills was 28. So I got <laughs> – and I got two kills over four matches, and all those were in one match. I wasn't able to kill anybody. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's – that's kind of how it's happened with me on Red Dead Online. Um, I'm not as quick on the draw as a lot of people. I don't know how. I, I'm not accusing people of cheating. I'm accused of pe- accusing people of being very good at sniping. Um, I don't know how some of those kills happened. Uh, 
I killed one guy by throwing a knife at him and his knife was in the air at the same time and killed me. Um, one of the times I did, de- I died was in a cooperative mission and I swear the sons of bitches set me up because <laughs> you have to, you have to go up and place dynamite on a door and it says, you know, hold down Y to light fuse or shoot the dynamite. And as soon as I placed the dynamite, somebody shot it and I went flying back about 30 feet. Wow. And I was just like, God, you guys are so awful. Um, somebody called me a punk bitch because they snuck up and killed me. I, I did nothing to them. Um, so I just went online and just muted everybody. Um, uh, one word of advice to anybody playing that online between missions, go to the gunsmith and buy ammunition because you will run out. You'll be running around with a knife Whoops. while everybody else has sniper rifles, basically. So uh, varmint rifles that, Oh man, varmint really needs to uh, become like in the everyday lexicon again. That's a good word. Varmint. Yeah, yeah it's a good it word. Is. See, it, it so, makes me think of Yosemite Sam. Yep. So let's uh, let's move on, shall we? Well, moving on from video games, I wanted to talk a little bit about television and streaming. And I mentioned this earlier, but I was a little behind on my television watching. So I'm watching stuff probably from late October, early November. So some of the stuff might be you might be like, well, wait, that episode ran for a while, ran a while ago. Uh, last week, this is kind of a broad topic here and a little different from what we usually do. But last week. I talked a lot about Daredevil 3, and as soon as, literally as soon as we got off the air, I looked at my phone, and that was one of the news stories, that Daredevil 3 was canceled. No! Clearly my fault, or our fault. Yes, completely. Yeah, sorry guys. Kind of a surprise, because I just looked, and now Netflix has been very very cautious about releasing their their ratings, but Daredevil's the fourth rated show on Netflix. So just oh. a little bit behind, like, Narcos... And Stranger Things, and I don't, I forget what the other one is. You guys could probably guess. I, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but what's one uh, of the other movies? Wayne's World. Probably not Wayne's World. I, I don't think it's Wayne's World. I but think either way. Incorrect. So very surprised that that got canceled. That cancellation follows the cancellation of uh, Defenders and Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist. So that really just leaves what Jessica Jones and The Punisher on the channel. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of assumptions here that those cancellations are in part due to maybe them not wanting to carry something when Disney is going to be starting their own streaming service and will most likely be pulling all of the Marvel movies and Star Wars and stuff from Netflix. Possibly. Maybe something we don't know about licensing because there was a certain number of movies, things like that. But so I was a little bit behind because of that. And I mentioned the Daredevil stuff because we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. But anyway, uh, have you guys been watching Legends of Tomorrow season four? Until you mentioned that to me, to me tonight, I'd never heard of it. I I watched the first season and I think part of the second season, and I we kind of lost interest and moved on to other stuff. Well, they changed thematically somewhere, maybe at the end of the second season or maybe the beginning of season three, and the tone has changed completely. And it's now sort of comedic, but it's very much like superheroes in quantum leap so somewhere last season i preferred sliders but that's okay there's sliders yeah sliders that works sliders oh my god i forgot about that one (laughs) was that canceled too soon guys it may have been (laughs) i I, yeah i I don't know that was a long time ago anyway so 
basically it's a lot of the the heroes and, and side characters from Flash and Arrow and shows like that, and some of the villains even. And they are teaming up, and they go back in time, and they stop stuff. But somewhere in season three, a bunch of magical creatures were released by Damian Dark, and they are invading certain areas. So the reason I'm talking about this is I'm watching a couple episodes yesterday, and I just love that the show is so batshit crazy, about as crazy and weird as Gotham on television right now. And I got to watch a show in which the heroes are basically hunting a minotaur through the underground catacombs of France back in like the 1920s uh, with uh, Ernest Hemingway. And it was awesome. So I'm watching it. I'm like, am I really watching this? And there was other people too that were involved, like Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali was like all nuts and like was the person that tried to draw the Minotaur and like say what he saw, but no one believed it and believed him because he's like always like on LSD. Like, yeah, whatever. So then that episode finished and I watched the next one and the next one featured Robert the Doll. Huh. And yeah. Uh, it was it was not exactly Robert the Doll. They changed it a little bit, probably because they didn't want to be murdered by Robert the Doll. Nor do I. Robert, we're sorry. Yes. Robert, was we have permission Rob- to talk about you. Robert okay. De Niro the Doll? The one that's <laughs> going to murder me? Yes, yes. That that was the so, one in Devil's Advocate, right? Yes, exactly. So anyway, yeah, so Robert Al the Doll. Pacino. Oh my god. Robert the Doll, if you don't know who he is, he is a doll that is that resides in a museum in Key West. He is kind of equal parts cute and sinister looking, and he wears a little sailor suit, and there's a story uh-huh. about a boy that basically kept him with him at all times, and bad things happened if anyone was mean to the doll, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, they did something kind of similar with a possessed doll, and this one was wearing a little sailor suit, although was not in Key West, was in New Orleans. It was It was just creepy and fun, and it was great. So then I turned off the TV, and I put on Riverdale with my wife, because we were about four episodes behind on that. And I saw the flashback episode, in which all of the characters are playing their parents back in the 80s. And I got to see a bunch of, you know, well, young teenage actors, but playing the song Dream Warriors by Dawkin on television in 2018. That sounds pretty amazing. It was really, and it was good performance too. Like there was, there was like guitars and like, it was very in high hair and it was just, it was cool. Aquanet. Yeah. So uh, it's just fun risks being taken. And I think some of these shows just are remembering that, you know, it's entertainment supposed to be fun. And, you know, the viewers hopefully are not going to be like, well, this isn't canon because all of these people don't look like they're actors that are playing, you know, it was fun. It was. So I wanted to kind of bring that up just to, to applaud television for finally taking some risks out there and trying to make some entertainment to, you know, in some ways compete with all of the other entertainment out there, like being shot by 11-year-olds on Red Dead Online hmm. or not watching Daredevil because it was canceled. So there you go. Bastards. So, yeah. Do you want to give a detail? I don't even know how to segue that. <laughs> <laughs> how about some well, details on the uh, Candlelight Processional? All right. All right. Well, this was the last evening for NPH. My my girlfriend really wanted to see Neil Patrick Harris doing the Candlelight Processional. Um, I believe John Stamos was the one before him. But the last Uncle couple of Jesse? days... Uncle Jesse? Yes, Uncle Jesse. Nice. Um, but the last few days have been uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and he was doing the Candlelight Processional. And, well, we, we, did, the, we did the dinner reservation thing, um, the dinner package, basically. You, you paid for the dinner, and then you got guaranteed seating at the Candlelight Processional. So we did dinner at uh, 
Le Chez de France. Yeah, I know. I totally butchered uh, that. The cheese of France. <laughs> the cheese the cheese of France. Um, their food is actually really good. I had the beef bourguignon and the French onion soup. Yeah, I know. I butchered the, the, the beef thing. Um, but the beef was excellent. It, I was it, trying it to was, think of what you had actually said in French, but exactly, that's um, not and, safe and for I, this podcast. And I, I felt stupid saying it because, of course, the waitress there is is French, and you know, I I butchered it with my clumsy American mouth, and then she said something that said that sounded absolutely nothing like what I said, and I'm like, yeah, that I want that, please. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever so the beef Ernest Borgenine no no yes the beef pretty much pretty much so the food was excellent the dessert was was pretty good um but the the main course was actually the be- the better part so we we ate dinner and then we went to the candlelight processional and I've discovered that I think I'm just completely a heathen um why is that Rob <laughs> well we're we're watching this thing and and basically Neil Patrick Harris is essentially just reading line for line from the scriptures and he reads a couple of lines and then they sing a hymn they sing a song you know based upon the what it is that he's reading um but it was all like the religious stuff um you know there was no oh christmas tree or oh, christmas tree anything like that um I'm I'm, I'm laughing cuz when we announced it earlier when you said that's what you're going to come in and talk about uh-huh. You're saying essentially what I said when I did it like two years ago. Oh, <laughs> okay. Which is fine. Like I didn't go too deep into it, but I was like, yeah, that's kind of, that was basically my opinion of it. And anyway. and I'm, I'm looking around and people around me are crying and I'm like, and I, <laughs> I leaned over to Jen and I'm like, why is everybody crying? He's just reading word for word out of the scriptures. And she's like, people are just emotional. People are just emotional. <laughs> like... Okay. <laughs> and and it was like, you know, he would read something and then they'd sing one of the songs. And I mean, the music was great. The stage was really nice. They had like uh, the, I don't know if you're familiar with the, because I grew up going to a Baptist church. I wasn't raised Catholic or whatever, but they had every year they had the singing Christmas tree where the choir all came onto a Christmas tree instead of sitting in their chairs. Uh, and the they, bleachers were kind of like in a triangle formation kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I've and seen so that on TV. Had, they had that in the center of the stage, and then on the sides of the stage, they had two more, two more like uh, tiered steps, like a like a normal choir thing, but it was you know raised so they're like stadium seating basically. Um, and and they would just sing a hymn, and people were getting all emotional about it. And then at the very end, and <laughs> this is the part that really made me go, "What? What? What? What's going on?" They sang that song, "Hallelujah." I I, I think that's the name of the song. The Hallelujah! Hallelujah! No, that's that's actually Dream Warriors by Dokken. Nice, as featured in Wayne's World. Sweet, but they 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 started the music for that song, and like everybody started standing up. I'm like, why are why are we standing up? Is I. I don't know. I haven't been to church in a while. Is this is this what we do now? Is is this a thing? Do we stand for this song? Is it is it just this song only that we stand for? What is going on? I don't understand. So we all stood up for that last song, and I and and somebody was saying that they thought, well, maybe the maybe the conductor, you know, told everybody to stand for that. 
but I totally did not see the conductor motion for anybody to stand. It was just the people in front of me started standing and then people around them started standing and people behind me started standing and I'm like the only one sitting down and I'm like, well, I don't want to seem like a jerk. (laughs) People are really touchy about this kind of thing. So maybe I should stand up. So I stood up and I'm like, I just didn't get it. I'm like, I I don't know. Is Is this a Catholic thing? Jimmy, do you go to church? I haven't been in a number of years. Okay. However, person to ask on this end too. Was, well, that's why I didn't ask you. <laughs> uh, growing up and going to Catholic church, I, I, I want to say I remember standing for pretty much every song. Huh. And then sitting back down. Yeah. Well, everybody stood specifically and only for that song. And I was like, is this, is this a new thing? Because I don't, I don't remember doing this. All right. Let's stand. <laughs> it's like, okay. So if any listeners are out there and they can tell me, is that something that they do now? Is is that is that like a, a requirement when you sing that song? Is that you I stand? I remember the first time I was ever in a church, it was for a wedding. It's just very pretty church near the beach in Melbourne. And that, that promptly burned down afterwards? I don't know what you're talking about. Australia? In Melbourne, Australia. I went to a flute to a wedding there. No, in Melbourne, okay. Florida. Um, so I remember... Like not understanding and the the girl I was dating at the time, she was telling me like when to stand up and sit down and whatever to make sure that I didn't look like a complete heathen. And about Uh like three or four stand up, kneel down, do this, whatever. And she looks at me. She got this look of complete and utter terror on her face and said, oh, my God, I'm in a cult. And I was like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) I was like, I didn't say it. (laughs) I was like, I'm not having this conversation with you here. But yeah. Wow. But yeah, like, you know, we did it. It was cool. He was kind of joking around with the crowd when I did it two, three years ago. So he was being a little, it was, there was a little bit of banter first five, 10 minutes. And then he went right into you know, the reading and the, the stuff and about how much he very much enjoys doing this every year. So I think he has done it almost every year. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. The thing that I remember most from doing it that when I did it was um, a very delicious dinner, as you said before, but we did it at the Moroccan restaurant on the, the water side of, of Morocco. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, that and that that was my good part. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. The, the singers were good. I mean, everything that Disney does is good. But I didn't understand the crying either. And the the usually it seemed like it was just a lot of very old ladies dabbing at their eyes and feeling it, so to speak. There was a big burly dude in front of me that was wiping his eyes with a handkerchief. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's an emotional time for a lot of people. Um, so I I get it. Uh. I've never been. Um, I don't think I ever will. But, you know. But one of the interesting things I did discover that we should totally do is that Epcot, for the Festival of the Holidays, has what they call a cookie stroll. Go on. Do tell. Hold on. No, I'm which, crying. <laughs> which, exactly. Which is, which is basically, it's like food and wine, like the food and wine festival where they have the booths set up. It's just at certain booths throughout Epcot, they have different types of cookies for you to try. And it's far more, far more um, affordable than food and wine because each cookie is only two bucks. Interesting. But there's like eight different cookies, I think. Maybe six. There's also a Hanukkah booth, which, I, which I'm going to get me some soup on Saturday. Yes. Shalom. Anyway. Yeah. We, I, I, I want to do that. I want to do the cookie stroll. We should totally mm-hmm. do the cookie stroll. And, and... One thing that that um, surprises me because Disney rarely gives you stuff for free, um, you can get the uh, 
the little cookie stroll book or the the little passport thing that you get at like food and wine that lists all the food and drinks and stuff. And in the back of that, they have the cookie stroll thing. And if you get five stamps, you get one stamp per cookie. If you get five stamps, your sixth cookie is free. Ooh. Do you get a free uh, insulin shot? (laughs) (laughs) And the cookies that we had were very good. Excellent. Were there any weird Russian cookies? (laughs) No. Oh. The ones that I remember were we had a, a peppermint sugar cookie and we had a chocolate chip cookie with green and white uh, bits on it. There's also a black and white cookie um, and then a couple other cookies. I believe they were Russian tea cakes. Russian tea cakes? Russian tea cakes, yeah. Is that like Russian shoes? tea cakes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> If this gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Well, that that sound can only mean only mean one one thing. thing. It's time for me to talk a little bit about the Beastie Boys book called Book Book. So, a little bit about the book. It just came out at the end of October. I'm listening to it on Audible, and I'm torn on this one because it's on Audible. The people reading it, I'm gonna I'm gonna name some names here, and you can see them on the list. But the guys out there can't. Uh, Chuck, uh, Steve Buscemi, Bobby Cannavale, who's uh, from a bunch of things, but you might know him from Ant Man, Jarvis Cocker, Elvis Costello, Chuck D, Michael Diamond of the Beastie Boys, Snoop Dogg, Will Ferrell, Kim Gordon, Adam Horowitz, LL Cool J, Spike Jones, Tim Meadows, Rachel Maddow, Talib Kweli, Bette Midler, Mixmaster Mike, uh, Maya Rudolph, Reverend Run, Rosie Perez, Amy Poehler, John Stewart, Chloe Sevigny, Ben Stiller, Wanda Sykes, Jeff Tweedy, and that is just some of them. I, I deleted more than you know two thirds of them. I love the way you pronounce Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny, <laughs> like a beignet. The, so the book is great, but all or the Audible is great, but the book also has a lot of vintage photos and cartoons and recipes. In the book, they actually have Spike Jones talking about what the photos look like, which is kind of funny, but it gets a little bit old. So I've had it. I skipped that chapter, but um, I think you get a PDF download. But anyway, uh, the book has in true Beastie Boys fashion, it has their story, but there's also little snippets of things. There's cartoons, there's recipes, there's all sorts of weird stuff. And what they said about writing this book is that they were the two remaining living members of the Beastie Boys, um, uh, uh, Adam Horowitz and Michael Diamond. Ad Rock and Mike D. Yep, there you go. Uh, They would be talking about writing a book and then they were sending, they would find old pictures and send them back and forth. And as they said, I'm not talking about explicit cell phone pictures. I mean, we have sent each other a lot of dick pics, but at that time we didn't. So, or, but not then is their actual quote. But anyway, so the book is really good. Uh, Beastie Boys for me, we talked about hoaxes last week. They were my first ever band that two with two things. One, that was the first band that I ever like saw blow up out of nowhere. And that every like went from no one knowing who they were to everybody talking about them, like in a matter of weeks. Uh-huh. That's like the first one I remember. Uh, maybe up there with Madonna. And the other thing was that was the first hoax band for me where I was at a party somewhere. It was at a Holiday Inn in, in Pittsburgh. And I remember the older kids were talking on the elevator about how one of the members of the Beastie Boys had died. Hmm. And it was freaking me out because they were doing it to mess with the little kids that were saying that they liked Fight for a to Party. Of course, we were, I was like nine, so I didn't really know too much about what was going on. But mm-hmm. I was like zero, but all right. 86? I was two. Okay. So I wasn't the world's biggest Beastie Boys fan, but I do have a lot of memories of when they became popular and little things there. Uh, so the book is really, really good. It's it's 
very interesting. You learn a lot. And I did not realize one of the reasons they blew up as fast as they did was because they released like a joke song called Cookie Puss. And it became really big in the mixtape kind of era of New York. And when this happened, a guy named Russell Simmons and a guy named Rick Rubin kind of found them and started working with them. And they were both mm-hmm. kind of young and up and coming. And they went on to found what record company, Jimmy? Def Jam. There you go. So Russell Simmons basically was the founder of Def Jam. Rick Rubin was a producer. And they were working, or they knew of this female singer that was just about to start a tour. There's a lot of buzz about her album, but mm-hmm. nothing had come out yet. So they said, hey, why don't you go on tour with this girl? So they went on tour with this girl with their stupid like raps and they, you know, their little, they were, Beastie Boys were a punk band, which is kind of interesting. They go on tour and about few shows into the tour, all of a sudden the girl's album comes out. It's like a virgin. She's actually Madonna and she Mm -hmm. blows up. So everyone in the country is going to see Madonna and they're seeing this, this shitty by their own words, opening band. Three white Jewish dudes. Exactly. That are kind of rapping one song and the rest is punk and they're, they're just kind of playing along. And, you know, they said that Madonna was the utmost professional already at 19 Mm -hmm. and they were just idiots. (laughs) And, you know, they were like, well, this, and they like, were like, she's boring. They didn't even bother to ever talk to her. They never really, they don't really know her still. (laughs) So that went on and they realized that their rap related songs were taking off. So they eventually released license to ill in 19 in on November 15th of 1986, in which Rolling Stone referred to it as three idiots make a masterpiece. Nice. It's amazing. Yeah. So I've, as part of the book, I've been kind of doing a bunch of reading about them and listening to a lot of their music and stuff. And I always thought one thing that was very interesting about them is that they started off as this big party band. And then all of a sudden it seemed like they matured really fast. And yeah, like, they did. Mm-hmm. I have to look up something. So go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I can remember my earliest memories of the Beastie Boys were, of course, you got to fight for the right to party. Yeah. And then I hear, um, you know, check your head or Mm -hmm. license to ill. And I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds completely different. And that was in a very short period of time. Yeah. So I'd, I'd agree with that sentiment, definitely. It was kind of like... Almost like an Andrew WK grows up or, or you know, like a Macklemore kind of situation, which is um, kind of developed very quickly from a joke or a party band to a legitimate rap group. Yeah, they could have been a one hit, one hit, uh, one kind of joke band, uh, like a Bloodhound Gang, for example. You were trying to come up with something rap related, like a Bloodhound Gang kind of band where they're just jokey and whatever. But, you know, their second album, they actually parted ways with, with Def Jam because there was some, basically, uh, Def Jam put them on tour forever, which, while they were on tour for three, four years, whatever. And it caused them to break their contract of releasing a second album. But it was Def Jam that scheduled all of their tours, and they didn't even think about it because they were just a group of friends, all of them. And then Def Jam stopped paying them. They're like, well, what are you doing? Like, we've been on tour because you scheduled it for us. And they're like, well, you didn't come out with the second album. We don't have to pay you. So like, okay, well, wow, screw you. that's kind of douchey. Yeah. If now I didn't, I was started listening to their albums when I started listening to the book. Like I'd listen to a chapter of the book, then listen to an album and stuff. And in Paul's boutique, there's some, some not so nice things about Def Jam. And I hadn't gotten to the part of the book as to why. And they were like ripping on Russell Simmons and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, that's why. Um, but anyway, so their, their second album, they moved on uh, to a different, to Capitol Records. And they released Paul's boutique, which was a, actually a, uh, a failure commercially. But critically, 
it's amazing how much stuff came out of that. Like I was listening to it. I'm like, Oh, that's where that sample came from. Or that's where that, that quote, or that's where that song, whatever. It was pretty impressive. Um, I did not quite catch that, you know, um, at the time. So it was really nice listening to an older album and that I'd never heard before. Yeah. Uh, mix master Mike is a, uh, I'd say criminally underrated, um, producer, mm-hmm. uh, responsible for a lot of that stuff actually. Yeah, apparently uh, not, the album is very, very sample heavy, and it, there's no possible way it could have released today, they said. Uh, they actually paid $250,000 on sample clearances. Today it would have cost them multi-millions of dollars. In fact, the a producer said uh, in the, the 25th anniversary of the album, uh, the list of samples in the album is so long they're still getting sued over it, which is kind of you know, interesting. But it was a really good album. Um, and so anyway moving on from there uh you know around that time they started getting serious and the part i where i had not listened to them in a while and then i grabbed uh i've had so many albums in my head uh the ill communication when we were in high school well when rob and i were in high school and i remember uh, one lyric and jimmy was in nursery school yeah something like that i remember a lyric in the song sure shot and it said i want to say a little something that's long overdue the disrespect to women has got to be through to all the mothers and the sisters and the wives and the friends. I want to offer my love and respect to the end. And that blew my mind. Cause like when that album came out, it was like gangster rap everywhere, bitches, hoes, sluts, all that stuff. And the only thing I knew about beastie boys at that point really was fight for your right to party. And the videos with like the girls in bikinis and like doing pranks and throwing eggs at people and all this stuff. And it's like, wow, these guys did grow up. And I even caught, I figured that out like in high school or maybe possibly early college. So I thought it was really interesting. And it really changed them. You know, they started charities. It did. Um, you know, I, they went on after. So I forgot about this, but Nirvana was slated to go on Lollapalooza in 94. And that's when Kurt Cobain killed himself right before that started. So they replaced Nirvana with Beastie Boys. I think Beastie Boys was already on the bill, but they slot they slotted them up to a headliner. And then they put Smashing Pumpkins in there um, as kind of the other co-headliner. And... As a result of that, they the Beastie Boys had a little more control and brought in the monks. Like they were doing monk chants to start off every concert. Yep. They were doing stuff like that. Um, Good. Adam Yock at at some point, uh, the the late Adam Yock became a uh, practicing Buddhist and a, and a vegan uh, as well. As a result of that, yes, and very became very involved in animal rights, human rights, and uh, Tibetan rights mm-hmm. as well. And then uh, you know, so there was that, and then of course. As it continued, of course, they released uh, Sabotage, which was on heavy rotation on MTV, and they kind of showed they still had a sense of humor, but were still is more of an intelligent sense of humor, um, mm-hmm. you know, unlike well, whatever we do, you know. Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Well, I think it's booty. So yeah, they they put aside all that stuff, <laughs> booty, <laughs> and then they replaced it with uh, this dog saying "I love you." But anyway. Uh, they became very, even more politically active after nine 11, um, to various levels of, mm-hmm. of, uh, quality songs. Like I listened to, to the five boroughs, which is another one of their albums today. It's, it's good, but there's some songs about like, ironically we're, you know, talking about his father, but George W. Bush and there's some, but they don't, they're only good for that four years or that eight years, depending, you know? So like you listen to it and it's like, eh, it's a little dated. It wasn't wrong, but it was dated, you know? 
Sure. Uh, can I can I pause you yeah. real quick and and just rewind a little bit here and talk about um, sabotage? Yes. Do you guys rem- remember what a huge event that was? I do. I do. Um, not. On it was it was almost like a movie coming mm-hmm. out. You know, there were little clips of it, little trailers of it, and it was just massive. Um, and it's such a, a fun video. And I can remember watching them on like the MTV VMAs. Um, their fake wigs and mustaches. Well, playing the instruments. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. And being like, what? But yeah, they started out as a as a punk band and, you know, they could play instruments. They were musically talented. And um, that's a that's a big uh, actually. So what you want. Um, I was trying to think, trying to think that was a, the first video I saw from them that I was like, wait a minute, this is the same band that did fight for your right yep. party. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of my memory. Yeah, of that, their one of that big transition was like you said, the adding instrument stuff and they started doing it on a live tour stuff like that. It, and I read a bunch of things that people actually did say that it led to new metal like corn and, and Limp Bizkit, um, to which I, I did in fact, write down blasphemy on there. I, yeah, indeed. It's like, I don't know, that's, you, you can't take that much of a stretch because these were pretty seasoned musicians that were doing that stuff. But uh, they did start their own record label, uh, They and they signed, it wasn't just rappers, which was kind of cool, it was called Grand Royal, and they signed uh, Luscious Jackson, which I've forgotten about completely. Uh, le- actually, the drummer of Luscious Jackson was in the Beastie Boys. Uh, she left early on in the band. Yep. When she, she was on vacation in Europe and came back and saw them all like, hip hopped out and she's like, Oh, and then she heard some of the songs that were a little misogynistic. And she was like, nah, I'm out. Uh, he, they did actually call her after, uh, somewhere around the time they were recording Paul's boutique and they apologized. They're like, we realized we were assholes and we made it really uncomfortable for you, which that's not easy to do, man. When you, when you get benefits of making millions of dollars or even to hold on to that for that long. Yeah. Like, well, it's just like, they had, they did whatever they did and became very famous as a result of it. It's not easy to turn around and be like, yeah, we were stupid. We were stupid kids. You know, and we, we apologize for it. Like that song lyric I read, that was all about apologizing for how they acted early on in their careers, uh, as well as, you know, how hip hop in general was acting at that time. Which I thought was very, very interesting. As, as Jimmy said, uh, Adam Yauch died at age 47 of cancer, uh, 2010, I believe. So the Beastie Boys are no more. They had released a couple albums right before then. They didn't break up because of creative differences. They're, they, as they say in the book, they would have been working on albums right now as we read it. Um, he died in 2012. 2012. Sorry, sorry. I haven't actually gotten to that part of the book yet. They, the way the book is written, it's very heavy on the early stuff, which is awesome. And they're like, we don't want to focus on the sad stuff towards the end. But I, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, I still have about an hour and a half or two hours left. Um, you know, and it's just a, if you like the band or if you like people that are still smart but smart enough to be tongue in cheek about stuff and they don't take things too seriously but they're smart enough to know when they should take things seriously um, i think the book is excellent uh, it's a good gift for people um because you know the it's not a coffee table book but it's got a bunch of pictures and stuff it's a good audible book if you're looking for something for travel um and it really made me love that uh sorry it made me there you go a dog saying i love you in case you do not figure it out um, it is something that you can. It's a trip. It's got a funky beat, and I can bug out. There you go. I'm gonna bug out to it. So I suggest that book. <laughs> Jimmy, do it. Watch. Wait, what? You guys are so weird. That was so me. That brings us to our question of the week. 
uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, the um, untimely cancellation of Daredevil 3, as it had really started to gain popularity, I think. It, it was pretty good. It was always very popular, but it, it, it st- I would say it stuck the entire season, whereas all a lot of other seasons of the Marvel things on Netflix have mm-hmm. at least two or three episodes where you're like, okay, I don't care about the storyline. This one, the entire season was excellent. And Greg was very hurt that it was canceled. He was. I was. I was. I might have mailed an angry letter. Good. You should. That's very Canadian of you, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I then apologized for mailing an angry letter. And then I ate weird bacon. Weird You bacon. know what? Any kind of bacon oh, is delicious. No, Canadian it. bacon is weird. Anyway, continue, Jimmy. We're getting off track. Uh, so I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my yeah, top I don't think you actually asked the question. I haven't. What's, what's the question? I was question, about to say Jimmy? it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Good. TV shows that you feel were canceled or ended too soon. Cop Rock. No. Well, I, I go first. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. Thank you. And <laughs> Planet Rock. What is happening? I'm laughing at your misspelling. <laughs> what did I misspell? Startship? Oh, well, nice. I thought you would spell it like that, but... Yeah, anyway, go on. No, I didn't. So uh, my number five is going to be actually something I just got into recently, and that's Penny Dreadful. Um, there were only three seasons made at the end of the third season. They did close it up. Um, I've read some things that, you know, waning viewership, uh, you know, had led to the ending of the show. I felt too soon. Uh, Penny Dreadful was is very cool, and I'm... Uh, looking forward to watching the last two seasons of it. Uh, it number is, four. It is coming back. You know this, right? Is it? Uh, as they announced on November 1st that Penny Dreadful is returning. <gasps> wow. You didn't know that. Dun, That's dun, news dun. to me. I did not uh, know that. Showtime series Penny Dreadful is getting a new sequel series two years on from its abrupt cancellation after three seasons back in 2016. It did earn a loyal fan base, and the fan base basically has done enough. Um, it actually looks a lot like and i mean a whole lot like some of those issues of lady mechanica with the um the sugar skulls mm-hmm. like the, the face makeup um they announced it november 1st 2018 so yeah it's uh if you look up penny uh at sho underscore penny you can see the image it's really cool actually all right looking forward to it very cool you just made my night number four was carnival it was an hbo series um it was very cool in the beginning. It got a little bit weird, but definitely a very cool series that um, I felt ended too soon. Number three is The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. with, of course, Bruce Campbell. Number two, Sequest DSV. Okay. And my number one. Orlando, by the way. Oh, was it? At the Milwaukee uh, my number I worked at. Oh, okay. Uh, my number one, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I think it lasted maybe two seasons. It was called Earth 2. Uh, was that the dinosaurs and stuff? Mm-mm. No, it was about um, Earth 2. They found a new colony and tried to establish it as, you know, second Earth. And there were these people, they these dirt people that jumped out of the ground and took the main character, this little kid. And uh, it was just very cool. And um, well, back in 1994. I- yeah. I, I remember it um, vaguely, but I, mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, I can't, I can't picture. The only thing right now I can picture is the, is the, um, the, the title screen. Um, okay. I'm, I'm picturing Earth Two like over the top of like a uh, planet Earth kind of thing. 
um as you know like the the thing that they show is they cut to or come back from commercial oh, okay. you know what i mean mm-hmm. it was very good the uh, creature effects were amazing and you know i i looked forward to watching that um with my family and i was devastated when it ended honorable mention to starship troopers roughnecks which was like the first grand scale completely cg uh show i've mentioned it before it was kind of like in the vein of reboot um, where it was all CG, but this was more realistic and um huge fan of Starship Troopers. So that's my five nice. plus one. Nice. I'm looking up a few things here, but um this list actually came very easy to me. And I, um, the only real thing I had to do was kind of organize it. Um So my number five was Almost Human. Uh, do you guys remember that one? Yeah, that's the one with the, um, the Android yeah. cop. Yes. Yeah, very stylized. Mm, almost. Uh, it had, uh, oh, shoot, the guy played Judge Dredd. Yeah, uh, he also played uh, uh, yeah, Bones yeah, yeah. in the new Star Trek series. Yeah, and he was in The Hobbit. Why am I not remembering his name? Um, I'm I'm not either. He's but... the guy that you always confuse with uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, I don't, but Carl Urban. Carl Urban. That's it. Carl Urban, Michael Ely, it was a very futuristic, kind of glossy type sci-fi future show, like, you know, with all the holograms and everything is silver and neon blue and stuff like that. Very cool show. It was, uh, lasted one season. It was, you know, just starting to pick up when it got canceled. I think it was, it was actually doing pretty well, but I think it got canceled because it was very expensive to make. Uh, number four, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, two seasons on that one. And I've completely forgot that Sarah Connors was played by Lana Hetty from, of course, Game of Thrones. Yes. Completely forgot about that. Yes. Oh, well, in the aforementioned yeah, dread. Yep. Yeah. It's a theme here. Uh, Summer Glau was in that. Mister, no, you'll hear about about her in a second as well. Uh, Brian Austin Green. It was really good. It had some really interesting ideas. Um, you know, not just the fact that there was a female Terminator or anything like that, but there was one series where like they the Skynet was kind of messed up and w- couldn't get to the exact time they needed to kill someone, so they like sent Terminator back to be like disconnected, like in the walls of like a city hall in like I think it was Los Angeles in like the twenties, and, and just, just wait, wait until it got to the time period. And like they found it and it activated and it went after the person. It was it's kind of cool because they knew when the, the, when the city hall was going to be revamped. So just neat little things like that. Um, let's see, uh, Agent Carter, really good. And mm-hmm. Haley Atwell, it was it was interesting. It was you know fun. It was a you know a genre thing. I think it lasted two seasons as well. Uh, my number two is Daredevil, which was talked about. Hopefully that gets picked up somewhere maybe and with the same cast. The cast is perfect. There's there's not a single person well, I would change. If- if if the reason that it got canceled was because of Disney, there's a chance that it, unless Disney picks it up, I don't know that anybody will pick it up because if it got canceled because of that, it's a licensing issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? But hopefully it does. I mean, there's a lot of outcry on that. Even the, I read some articles with the cast, like they were completely blindsided. They were already had written this, the, the treatment for what season three, what season four was going to be about. They were working on the individual scripts. Uh-huh. They got called in. It was one of those things. They didn't expect it. So when the person got called in, the showrunner got called. They all went, ooh, you're going to Marvel. And then it turned out that they were actually getting canned. Yeah. Wow. And number one, one of the most egregious cancelings of all time, uh, Firefly. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Rob just... Spoiler, that's totally my number one. Yeah, and I was going to put one. I'll do an honorable mention as well. But this one, it would have made my list, except for the fact that they ended it so well. And I was actually surprised it was on TV to begin with, but Hannibal, the ending was perfect, but it was such a gory, like gross 
violent show on NBC that I'm actually surprised we got as many seasons as we did. I believe three. And since the NBC had the guts to carry something that had like, you know, corpses with reindeer with like deer heads attached to them or like crucified on deer antlers and just all sorts of crazy stuff. I was really surprised that that made it as far. Um, And then when they ended it and it was good the whole way through, I was like, okay, I think it was three seasons. Three seasons is good. So don't reboot it. I know there's talk of it, but I think that's where I'm that that would have been on there if they weren't so good at it. So what you got, Rob? Nice. What are your four? Since we know well, number one, um, I'll, I'll I'll give you an honorable mention. Um, and the reason it's an honorable mention is, um, well, two of mine are going to be cheating, but the honorable mention is going to be Spartacus. Um, and the the reason it's an honorable mention is because it was the reason it, because of the reason it was canceled. Basically, the the show writers determined that you know once once Spartacus and the and the gladiators got out that, you know, the history was kind of spotty on it. They went North, they went South, you know, they did this and they didn't really know where they would go with the show. Once he got out, you know, how, how much can they do, you know, a Senator sending people after him and then, you know, them surviving and moving on and, and whatnot. So um, honorable mention and plus the, the lead character, the, the main character died. Um, I think it was what season two and they replaced him for the third season. Was that? Yeah. Was that right? I I thought he um I thought he was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. But I thought he beat it. So well, I'll I'll do a little looking into that while you uh continue on. But he he was actually replaced yeah, because he did feel. die. So he died uh September Yeah, he 11th, he, he died in, I think it was the I think it was like the second season and they replaced okay. him for like a whole third season. Um but th- they they ended it just, you know, where they did just because they didn't really have much to go after. They didn't really have anywhere to go after that. So they just went ahead and ended it as opposed to tapering off, which, you know, I kind of agree with. So that's why it's my honorable mention. Um, my number five is going to be a technicality because this show is actually still on the air and that's going to be Family Guy. However, Family Guy was canceled after three seasons. Yes, it was. And it did so well in syndication and DVD sales that it was green-lighted for another season. And actually, it got better when it came back. The show was better when it returned. So by definition of the fact that it was better after it was canceled, it was canceled too soon. I I wonder how many epic shows we missed out on because of that. Because Seinfeld was almost canceled as well after season one. Yeah. It went on to be one of the most, right. you know, money-making shows of all time. Yeah. My my number four is going to be another cheat um, because it hasn't actually been canceled yet, but I know that it is being canceled. And I could go for another, I don't know, six seasons. I mean, we'd probably run out of characters, but, you know, they could just make more characters because that's what they do. They they kill people off and then make more characters, and I think you guys both know what show I'm talking Whatever about. Whatever show are you talking about? Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know that this coming up, this upcoming season is going to be the last season. So has it been canceled? Uh, has is that an official cancellation? If they announce that this is the final it was season, a, a mutual ending cancellation involves the, the yeah the studio or the channel saying we don't want this anymore, whereas. The studio actually wants more. The, the showrunners have decided it's over. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, 
<laughs> yeah, whatever. My my number three is going to be a show that um, Jenna and I have, have actually started watching. Say yes and to it's the dress. Very, no. very interesting. Um, and I think it only made it two seasons. Um, and that's Pushing Daisies. Have you guys have ever seen, seen it, that? But I know what it is. I have not. It's it's a very interesting look show. Um, it's almost like the the exact opposite of like a noir film or like a noir show, you know, or like a Sin City kind of thing where everything is like kind of bleak and washed out and dark and whatever. Um, Pushing Daisies is like the exact opposite. Everything is like bright colors and it's it almost like fake looking, you know what I mean? Almost like plasticky looking, like like new toys kind of thing. Um, but it's a very interesting show about a guy who has the ability to bring dead things back to life with a touch. The problem is is that one, if he touches them again, they're dead forever. Two, if he touches them and brings them back to life for more than a minute, the Reaper has to be paid and somebody else will die. <laughs> so the the show starts out with like he he's he's uh as as a boy, he's sitting in his in his um kitchen eating cereal or something, and his mom is talking to him and in mid sentence she has a major aneurysm rupture. And he goes up to her and he's like, mom, are you okay? Are you okay? And he touches her and she immediately comes back to life. And since he doesn't really know what's going on, she's, she stays alive for longer than a minute. Well, when she stays alive, the little girl across the street, who he's like in love with, by the way, her dad dies. So somebody in proximity uh-huh. passes away. Um, and so she's sent off to live with her aunts. And, and you know, he stays he stays there with his mother, but... When she tucks him in at night, she gives him a kiss and she touches him again, and then she dies automatically, and he's sent away to a boarding school. <laughs> so it's a very oh geez, it's a very bleak opening, but it's 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 got a great cast. Um, Kristen Chenoweth, I believe, is one of the characters in it, um, and it's got oh, what's her name? Um, the dental assistant from Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, doctor. Yes, doctor. What is her name? <laughs> oh my but, god, I do not. Do you know who I'm talking about? Did you see I Little Shop of Horrors? Because I well, I saw the beginning of it, and it's a musical, and I was like, "This is stupid," and turned it off. Jimmy, did you see <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors? I saw it many years ago, and uh, I really enjoyed it with Rick Moranis. Yeah, she was the love and interest. She was, Audrey. Yeah. She, okay. She was Audrey. Oh, all right. She was the blonde. That, Feed me, Seymour. She was the blonde that the plant was named after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That she's she's in the show. Um, but it, it's, it's a cute show. We've actually gotten really into it. Um, it's got a really neat look to it. It's a little bit different. Um, but I guess, I guess I was reading a little bit about it and apparently it suffered because it was, it was going through some issues right around the time of the writer's strike. Uh, yeah, the writer's strike killed quite a few good shows. So yeah, it, it ended up being a casualty. Um, so, so, uh, that's my number three. My number two is going to be one that was actually just canceled last season, I think. Um, and that's going to be Lucifer. Okay. Uh, we really enjoyed that show, and I know that yep. Greg's in-laws really enjoyed that show and wrote that some nasty letters when it was canceled. Um, <laughs> I remember you you uh, but remember it, it's coming back on Netflix. Yeah. So, yep. I'm oh, Lucifer is coming on back on Netflix? That you actually won. Rob never listens to me. Uh, it got picked up by Netflix. Uh, I believe all of the lead characters are coming back, and uh, the oh. production started August Netflix. 2018, so... That's the last. So it's going to be early 2019. They canceled Greg's I, show and picked up mine. I love you, Netflix. I, I, I'm sorry to interject, but I can't help but to think how much this um, 
picture they released for Penny Dreadful um, resembles Vanessa Ives. So yeah, anyway, go on. Okay, sorry. Rob, yeah. what is your, oh, we already know your number one. <laughs> My number one is Firefly. That was such a great show, and I can't believe that it got canceled. Um, it, it it had a couple of things working against it. I think I think they set it up to fail basically in the beginning, um, and basically used it as an excuse to cancel was that the because show because it was on Sci Fi. But it it, uh, it was started on Fox actually. Okay. Um, well, they it, it it was I think it was on Fox, but they also put it in like the worst slot that a show could be in, and even though it did okay it was still like it it debuted in like the friday night slot when nobody was watching tv or something like that um but it there were a couple of things they moved it around they changed the slot they aired the they aired the episodes out of order which added to confusion so they they basically did everything they could to try and kill this show and it was like what but it was it was still such a good show yep and it's you know led to a movie it led to a lot of the actors went on to, you know, bigger, better things. Nathan Fillion's like in everything. Uh, Alan Tudyk is actually in everything and does a lot of voices. He's he's literally in everything. Yeah, he he is he has become like a Disney Golden Boy now. I think because he does a yeah. lot of voices in Disney movies now. Yeah, he was Hey Hey yeah. in Moana. He was he was Nosemore in Wreck It Ralph in the second one. The the search engine guy. Yep, and he was uh, wasn't he the villain in the first record, Ralph? He was he was the voice of K two S O in Rogue One. So those are our five um, shows that ended too soon. If you guys have any opinions on that, please write in and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk about some of those things, as I'm sure we left a lot of those off the list. Thank you so much for listening. On behalf of myself, Greg. Hi. Remember to follow, subscribe, rate, review, and uh, email us a lot. Yeah. And Rob. <laughs> That's going to be sampled so many times from now on. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Yo, I don't hang out with those guys. Man, I ain't got nothing to do with those dudes. Man, and I saw your female with them too. What's up with her? I've been hearing that she's been giving that stuff out to all of them graffiti guys. Yo, shut the fuck up, Chico, man. Go paint three of those mules for some of that ass. Say shit. If this gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Hello!